0: Russell Dennis Lewis, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. I feel like we've been talking to you guys forever. <laughs> How are y'all doing tonight, man? We're great. great. Thank you for having Thank us. Oh, dude, we're super excited to have you guys <laughs> yeah. on the show, and the fans are excited, and oh, they want to hear all about the Queen's Gambit, and of course we're going to talk about that. We're super excited about that, but you guys have done so many other huge things also, like uh, Godless. I was a huge fan of Godless. I Hell yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah and, oh, yeah, and a huge fan of uh, Mr. Frank himself. Logan was one of my all-time favorite movies, so I, I think the guy's a genius, mm-hmm. so um, yeah. we're super excited to talk about all of that. But what we like to do is kind of get started with a little introduction to the fans of um, who may not be familiar with you. So, uh, I mean, the obvious question, since you guys are twins, how did it come about to the acting? Was it something always on the radar? Was it like something you were both like, this is what we're going to do? Was it maybe one and not the other? Or how did it all get started, man? Uh, I think, it,
1: I mean, professionally, it started... In our early, mid-twenties. This is Russell, by the way. Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, But, um, I mean, we grew up in the middle of nowhere. So i went to a little community college, upstate New York, and I had to take an arts credit. And the only thing they had, uh, at the time, open was the acting class. So I was like, oh, I did a couple plays in school. So I took that, fell in love with it. And then a friend of mine convinced me to audition for a conservatory in New York City. I got in, and then that was kind of it. So I just kind of pursued that. Um, that's how I got started
2: yeah and then this is Matthew and like yeah along the same lines like we would make like little home videos and stuff with friends growing up but we never really considered it as a true option of career just because there was, there is was no availability to pursue that in upstate New York where we grew up so um, after he had moved to New York uh, I had wanted to start getting into it as well and my friend who was a photographer at the time we started taking some pictures and stuff for fun and I did a little bit of modeling and acting in New York and then kinda of fell out of it for a little while when I started I got into Muay Thai kickboxing and started mm. oh, competitively. There you go. And then and then I started to get the itch for acting again. And that was when I chose whether I was going to stay in New York and continue the Muay Thai fighting or if I was going to make the leap to LA to join Russ out here and pursue acting, which is why I initially moved to New York City to begin with. So that's how I made that jump, was because of career longevity. I haven't seen many m- years in Muay Thai kickboxing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can kick some ass, though. That's right. <laughs> like I
2: and
0: I, I'm betting, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I'm betting that kind of maybe played into a little bit of, of helping you out with the acting career, too, because we've had some guests on before who have been ma- able to make that transition kind of into that. So i got to ask, though, upstate New York, what part of upstate New York, because I'm an upstate New Yorker myself.
1: Uh, we grew up in a little farm town called Harpersville. Okay. Uh, close to- it's like along the PA border. There you so go. the Closest city would be like Binghamton. Um, yeah. Or Syracuse is like an hour and a half from there. Yes, but,
0: that's where I'm from. Yeah. The Cuse, man. I'm from the Cuse. Yeah. So oh, I'm yeah. real familiar <laughs> with, with, real familiar with the area. Okay, now back. Uh, <laughs> now that we've gotten the upstate New York thing out of the way, um, yeah, let's talk about it. So now you guys are both out in LA. You're both getting it done. Did did you find that the martial arts helped you? Um, with that, or, I mean, how did that go down? Uh,
2: for me, it definitely did, because a lot of my early, smaller, and indie roles were to play you know either military or cop or some sort of fighting background. Right. So it really did help in the auditioning process. Because a lot of the times they'd ask you if you had stunt or fight choreography, and I was—it was very easy for me to pick that up with the background, and I was very physically capable of doing what they wanted
0: because of the background. Fantastic. And Russell, uh, did do you kick people's ass too, or are you just uh, like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: no. Well, uh, part of my conservatory training was extensive stage combat uh, training. So we trained hand to hand, broadswords, raker daggers. Wow. Kind of o staff so so i got a lot of um stage combat training as well which again as he just said helped out a lot especially in the beginning because a lot of like lower budget indie projects don't have the budget or want to pay for a stunt coordinator
0: so they yeah wanna, <laughs> so who so
1: can do it without much <laughs> guidance
0: uh, so. Absolutely. Okay. And this yeah. is why we were excited to have you guys on the show too, because we have a lot of up and coming or comers that are fans of the show and that listen to the show. We always love people coming on and talking about the realism of it, you know, that it's not an easy gig. And sometimes you do have to take these indie projects and it's a built on rejection kind of an industry. So talk about that a little bit, the audition process and the difficult making the leap, you know, from New York to LA and, and kind of hoping that, you know, because it's not easy.
1: No, yeah, no. Um, for me, Russell making the leap from New York to LA was
0: just out of the fact that uh, my
1: my studies were more geared towards television, and film, and at the time there wasn't much going on in New York anyway. Right. So mm-hmm. to get an audition for a TV or film. Um, opportunity in new york was very scarce then so when i made the jump to la it was just out of like the, like the realization that like i wasn't pursuing what i was meant that i wanted to in new york city i was mm-hmm. just slaving away at a restaurant gig trying to pay bills so um i made the leap here but i mean that i mean but here's just a different beast because now you have all the opportunity but you have three million more people <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. that are, that are that are all going off for the same one roll. So That's yeah. it.
3: That's it and I mean I, we, we like to talk more uh, recently about like the mental health aspect because it is an industry built on rejection there's so much search you can audition for so many things and then only get like one project out of like 50 that you audition for and with you guys being brothers in the same field do you guys lean on each other a lot when because you guys can understand each other's struggles when it comes to rejection in this industry do you guys lean on each other a lot and help each other out
2: yeah we've always been very supportive of one especially when it comes to the auditioning process Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times that's half the struggle is trying to find someone to read with you or help you put on right because nowadays especially since covid everything is self-tapes and you have to send it in yourself so you know having that built-in relationship really has helped with that because we both trust each other in the process of knowing what to do and you know how to navigate scenes so that's always been a very big help
0: that's awesome. So I've got yeah. to ask because myself and my younger brother, we were very much like that support system, always there for each other, always going through. Because we did a lot of the same things. So that brings me to: we were also extremely competitive. <laughs> so have you guys ever gone out for you know? No, we. Didn't, this is not a twin thing. We're each going for this role. Have you guys actually auditioned against each other for a role before? Um, only a couple times. It's only happened like twice it happens very rare
1: but we also um try to look as much different as possible Mm, when we're not playing twins so we definitely go out for different types like Matt was saying he goes out for a lot more like military cop like brooding blue collar back like characters i tend to go more for like the punk skater guy guy next door like you know like nice smile, psycho killer. (laughs) So, um, um, so, but, but we also have separate reps, which I think is very important because that way we're not pitted against each other and be like, well, why did you submit him? Right. So we have different reps, uh, looking for different things for us. Um, but also helps because then they're both kind of always looking for twin and brother roles for us as well. So
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, that, see, that's interesting. I mean, because I, I'm, I'm just – I'm sure we're not the only ones wondering how that works as twin brothers going out there and, 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 and making that happen. Um, so that, that's – did you guys find that when you work together, is that is that a bit easier for the casting directors and, and you know, no one going in, okay, we've got two of them and we need twins and we need that? Is that a whole easier process or do you think it's a little bit more difficult? Um for Sometimes casting or for us <laughs> <laughs> for both but definitely from your point of view is it is the audition process easier or how does it do you guys audition together when you're doing twin roles like that or is it a separate audition still or how does that go Well
2: they always vary um but what you see most often which um it, it's not that it's harder or easier but it became, it can become more work mm. because a lot of times one of two things usually happens with twin castings um, one Some of the time it's just for a gimmick and or they need a body double. So only one of the twins will actually have lines to audition with. And All the right. other one just like stands there. Uh, the opposite is that both roles have significant lines, but casting doesn't know who they want for which role. Mm. So as a, as twins auditioning, you have to learn both sets of lines and go in with both characters.
0: Mm. Wow. That's a <laughs> That's intense, right? man. That's like, wow, well, see this is so interesting. I mean, this is like really cool to, to to listen to and and see how that all kind of goes down, man. So, let, okay, let let's jump in cuz you guys have had a lot of success with the twin roles. Um, yeah, you, you know, being in, being in stuff together and I'm sure everybody at the top of the list is jumping in. Let's talk about Godless first though. What kind of that was an awesome little series there and 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 let's talk about that a little bit. What was that like working on that um getting to work together and everything and then building that relationship with with the showrunner and the creator and the cast and everything because i think we talk about this all the time but building the relationships and maintaining those so important this in this industry
1: yeah it really is yeah, yeah i mean um I'm, do you want to speak first Matt? or no no go for it you go for it <laughs> <laughs> um i i the experience with that is and uh, and that actually was just a happy accident um we weren't even like considered for that i had a or i still have i still i still say with her i have an acting coach who was auditioning for godless and in her breakdown she saw they were looking for twins and she had asked me if that if, if we had gone in for it, and i said no so we re- reached out to our reps and my agent said he looked into it because they hadn't heard anything about it mm-hmm. and um so they looked into it and they are already in the casting process, but they're like, oh, well, you know what? We're casting out of New York anyway. Just had the boys self tape something and put it on tape. So we just self taped sent it in, and then didn't hear anything for three, four months. Oh, wow. And then one day, we just got a random call from my agent. Be like, okay, they want to take you guys. It's yours if you want it. right <laughs> like, oh,
3: okay. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was like,
1: yeah, like no callback, nothing. We're like, okay, And then that turned out to be one of – I mean, yeah, one of the greatest – things that I've worked on today. I mean, we had so much fun on that. We got to go through what they were calling cowboy camp. Mm, So so like we had a week and a half of like horseback and firearm training. And and that was great. And the cast, the cast, it was, I mean, we worked with some greats on that, You you know, um, michelle dockery and merritt weaver and jeff daniels and you know jack o'connell and they were all just so down to earth and humble and like really took everyone under their wings and they were so great to work with it was like you know just a master class in itself just being on that set
3: yeah definitely so, we uh we visited some of the sets out in new mexico or some of the filming locations and it's a very beautiful place man and definitely not a bad place to go and have some fun on set
2: do <laughs> yeah, not know.
3: Yeah, and I love that you said master class because I always feel like,
0: you know, those type opportunities when you're able to be on a project like that and you're able to be around a cast like that, the learning that you can do as you, as an actor yourself and be exactly. able to expand is is so, you know, important, I think, to just soak up everything you can when you get those opportunities like that.
2: Yeah, it's true. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're like sitting there, like watching Jeff Daniels deliver lines on a horse. You're like, okay, yeah, that's how you deliver lines on a horse. <laughs> 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 (laughs) that's so good right um, (laughs) also also
1: also Jeff Daniels is such an amazing guy that the first day we worked on set with him was uh the train robbing scene oh yeah wow and and I'm not sure if you guys remember because just a couple quick little glances of it but Matt and I were the only two in the gang that had these like uh like handmade masks on our faces oh
3: shit and
1: and (laughs) And and her makeup had to like super glue them to our faces to keep them on. So it was so hot, we were sweating so much. Yeah. Oh so my gosh! Like yeah. Jeff Daniels. So like Jeff Daniels made it a point to remember who was who just by looking in our eyes. He's like, "You're Damn. Matthew, you're Russell." Wow, yeah, so, impressive.
0: Yeah. Of course, it's Jeff. Yeah. Of course, right. it's impressive, right? Like, <laughs> of course he yeah. did. Um, so, yeah. but then let, let's talk because you 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 build the relationship with Mr. Frank, right? Uh for anybody yes. who doesn't know. And, um, now, did that, working with him on, on Godless, did you guys have to audition when he when he says, Hey, I've got this new project, Queen's Queen's Gambit. We really got these mm-hmm. things. Um, did you have to go through the normal audition process? Or what did he like call you up and say, Hey, you guys were fantastic. You glued shit on your faces for us and everything. <laughs> like, like we want to do this again, you know, how that how walk us through that a little bit, man. Well,
2: thankfully, no, we did not have to audition for it. Awesome. Um,
0: fantastic. And
2: and the way it worked out was, you know. All the hype was starting to build behind Godless, and you know it went to the Critics' Choice Awards and Emmys, and it won some Emmys. And um, Russ and I, our my managers, had gotten us into the after Emmys party for Netflix, and so we, we were able to reconvene with Scott and Jeff and Merritt and Michelle, who were all there. And you know we had a little chance to talk with Scott, you know, towards the end of the party, and he was talking about how happy he was that we could have made it to the party because he thought it was the perfect ending to close, you know, the chapter of Godless. Right. And then he went on to say, you know, you know, stay in there. I'll be tapping you guys on the shoulders again soon. And we'll, we'll be doing this again, you know, sooner than later. And, and, So, I mean, that's something you always want to hear as an actor. Like, you know, there's no better gift than that. But at the same time, in this industry, you hear that a lot. Right. And it always falls through. (laughs) Um, But so, you know, we kept it in our back pocket and always, you know, kept hope for it because Godless was such an incredible experience. And then sure enough, it wasn't more than probably a few months that, you know, we caught wind of the Queen's Gambit starting to pick up steam. And, you know, we had flown into New York to film an episode of Blue Bloods together. Mm. And, and Scott had told us, you know, if you're ever in town, let me know. You know, we'll grab food, have dinner, whatever. So we, you know, we did. We took advantage of that. And when we got into New York, we hit him up and we all went for brunch. And we met him. And as soon as we sat down, he's like, so guys, Queen's Gambit,
3: this is what's going on. no shit And he, he just explained it all to us. And, and that's how that worked out. Oh it's my gosh, amazing. man! Personally, this show came at the perfect time for me because I am just now <laughs> learning how to play chess. So I mean, it's making me think about all these different ways. But oh man, I mean, the, honestly, the acting and the, the storyline is not what I was expecting at all. Like no. this story is so beautifully crafted. Like and to have you guys a part of it, I can only imagine it's an amazing ride.
2: Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, have you
3: tried was... at the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's fit. He was literally
0: just talking about that before we started this conversation that's fantastic Um, a huge testament to you guys too though i mean for scott to recognize that what you were able to do on godless and and the work must have been there for him to say yeah i got to get these guys back you know and it wasn't just i'm saying that and then it never happened you know it was legit so that's a huge testament to y'all too and what you were able to deliver i think on godless and now of course what you're delivering in the queen's gambit it's it's unbelievable
1: yeah i mean and 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 uh and those roles for The Queen's Gambit, because um, it's based off of a novel, mm-hmm. right. um, our characters don't exist in the book.
0: Uh, right? Really? So so brothers. Scott wrote those specifically for so, you guys?
1: Yeah. So when he was adapting the novel to the screenplay, he took uh, a few of the supporting characters and rewrote them as two twin brothers with us in mind.
0: Well, that's got to make you feel pretty good, right? That's fantastic. Yeah, so we so so we owe him quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, man, that's yeah. so. Exciting. And for all the listeners out there who know, you guys know, all of our loyal listeners know. I'm Dustin, by the way. Comic book geek, fanatic, crazy. Yeah. So for all you guys out there who are, are listening that aren't familiar, Scott Frank. Logan, he's the writer behind Logan. Yeah, that badass finally got Wolverine right storyline. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I think that's <laughs> one of
1: the best superhero movies to uh, date. Exactly,
0: exactly. So, oh, I love that you guys even say that. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> just moving right up the list as my favorites. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, man, I, I just – and here's hoping, one, that it gets – you know continuous seasons because or we get to see more because everything on netflix is always like you don't know right yeah talk about that a little bit (laughs) like yeah you had all the success with godless and okay now we got queen's gambit but can anything get past (laughs) that first run you know like so what's that like what's what's netflix like working for netflix as an actor what is that like
2: um well that's the thing like the cool thing about Netflix is that you have that worldwide audience. You know, it's different. Like, you can get a show here in the States, you know, and be, be on, like, any network, but you're limited to regional things. Whereas Netflix reaches, I think they're, God, I don't even know how many countries they're in these days, but yeah, a lot. Yeah, everywhere. Like over 90. <laughs> um, but so just to have that experience as an actor and have yourself spread that far is incredible.
3: Yeah. Um
2: but the downside of it is like you can be the brightest flash in the pan, but then you don't get that second season. Exactly. You know? Or exactly. or there's there's some shows that are phenomenal and they get two or three seasons and they still get the axe, even yeah. though they have one of the most loyal fan bases you can find. Exactly. So it's really interesting.
1: Yeah. But I think but I think one great thing with Netflix, though is even though a lot of shows don't have longevity with them is (laughs) I I think I, I I think there is, I mean, it's a pro and a con because there's so much content on Netflix now, but I think they are more willing to take risks on something that, you know, a network or a studio would might pass on like, Ooh, a show about chess. I don't know. We're not gonna take the risk. Whereas Netflix is like, yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) Right. You know, um, so I, I think that has you know afforded a lot of um, a, a lot of possibility to not just actors but you know screenwriters, directors, everything as well. Because I, I think there is a little more a little more chance of you know getting some abstract stuff out there that might not normally get the opportunity.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, completely agree. Especially in the time where it's like literally reboots, remakes, revitalizations, like every two seconds. Like Netflix does take chances. I will agree with that. And I mean, especially now since literally every studio has a streaming service and, like, are biting at Netflix's heels? Like, what do you guys think about that? I mean, most recently, Warner Media deciding to release all of their 2021 release schedules also on HBO Max at the same time. What do you guys think about that? Because it's a very controversial topic right now.
1: Uh, I mean... I am a big fan of a movie theater. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I just love the, like I go a lot of times just by myself. I just like the experience of getting a large popcorn, you know, a huge soda and just sitting in a dark room and just watching something on the biggest screen
0: I can find. Me too, bro. I've been there.
1: And, and so like, I think especially after this, this year, of, you know, the pandemic. It's like I mean, it's great to be able to offer that to everyone to watch from home, but at the same time you're kind of killing an industry. I mean you're kinda of just shoving the dagger in even farther. Basically like, yeah you know what? Like like as we suffered last year, let's just twist the knife real quick. Um so it's hard because it's a plus because again everyone has access to it. Everyone who might not be able to afford to go out to a movie theater or have that, you know, access or capability. But at the same time it's it's not the best option for Theaters. Yeah, yeah I no, felt like no, it was no. very
3: quick.
2: And also, I don't know about you, but when I go to a theater, I make sure I'm way more than six feet apart from
0: anyone. I yeah, be- <laughs> right. I want to be by myself. <laughs> That's right, man. I hate sitting up on everybody like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I go to like
2: I go to like the first showing, and there's like two people in there.
0: Exactly, exactly. Unless it's like some huge, like like a tentpole Avengers kind of thing, and then I need that right. crowd roaring when that when Majolner yeah. comes to cap. You know, you you gotta have <laughs> that, man. You can't get that in your living room. You know what no, I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and can't. now it's so funny. We were talking about Netflix and will you get a second season or not? You think somebody in their legal department's like, "Mm, if we call all these limited series, then if we don't give it a second season, it's fine. (laughs) you know. I guarantee that was legal going, hey, I got our way around all this complaining about a second season. (laughs) It's limited. <laughs> exactly.
2: Oh man. <laughs> but as, you know, but with that, as far as the Queen's Gambit goes, um, unfortunately, it is based on a novel. And that's there true. Was only one part to yeah, the novel. That's um, true. So some of the some of the talk that you know I've seen some people you know going back and forth with was you know would it be right to continue on that story without Walter Tevis because he passed you yep. know uh, yep. after the novel was written. So a lot of people are like, would it even be right to continue his story without him? You know, or that's do you right. Leave it where it's been. So
0: well, and that that in itself is kind of look, look at all the controversy with Walking Dead, right? When it moved on past Kirkman stuff, and it was right. like they were doing their own stuff. Everybody's like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. So that's a really good point, though. You know, and, and a valid one to bring up. Um, okay. So we got to ask and and I know Logan is is waiting for this but with twins we're assuming this has got to be an interesting answer about the most embarrassing, yeah, right? the like, most
3: embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you guys on a film set that you can now tell the story and laugh about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> most embarrassing that's ever happened on a movie set yeah. hmm. or
3: or or uh, television or with, whatever. Either yeah. or, either or.
1: I mean, I, I it wasn't so much embarrassing for me. <laughs> this is Russell. But, um, I did this, you know, being a young and hungry actor, we kind of just agree to anything that comes across the table to us. <laughs> so um I had booked this uh small little role on Teen Wolf. Okay, okay. Where where I'm playing a uh patient in a psych ward who is escapes from my room and is now running around butt naked no shit um, around the hospital and it's used as like a little gag for like the heroes to like continue their story right so um, I am butt naked on set except for a sock oh shit and uh and by the way wardrobe by, by, uh, by the way wardrobe gives me like a foot long knee sock like here you go like, well, thank you so much yeah uh, but <laughs> um, I appreciate it um, so anyway so I put out my sock and I run out onto the set and I don't think they had informed the extras yet.
3: Oh, except shit. Except was going to be
1: like a naked guy running across <laughs> set. So like, when I ran out set, like there were like some genuine, like gasps and awe, like like a girl like covered
0: was like oh shit. Um, so yeah, I, I
1: think it was, I think it was more embarrassing for them than me, but yeah, that was. <laughs> She's yeah. like,
0: there's a giant tube sock. Look <laughs> out! <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> the stories we hear about socks, you'd be uh, it's like so surprising how often we hear about the socks, man. That's gotta be like you know anybody out, up in covers, get your socks ready right. at some point, right? Like. That's so funny, man! Oh my gosh, man! And Um, they—it's never the appropriate sock, right? Like, you know, what can you do? What can you do? At least there's no holes in it. That's (laughs) this is true. It's a safe sock. Good for them. them. And this was pre-COVID. Now it would have a little mask. It would be great. It would be fantastic. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness!
2: So, So. My embarrassing story doesn't really involve any nudity or socks. No, okay, (laughs) all (laughs) right, all right. But mine's more of a – it's more of a – it's more of like an inside, like behind the scenes kind of embarrassing. So like one of the things when you are working on certain projects is depending on the size of the budget, you know, it depends on how much of it you shoot guerrilla style and how much you, yes. you can afford for permits and shooting locations and stuff like that. So for a film that I did, we will keep it a little quiet in case anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> we understand that. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah we, had, um, we had a scene where we had to do a pickup at a location that we'd previously shot at but it was not within budget ah. to, use the, lo- to <laughs> use the location a second time so they're like okay well let's just we'll go there real quick we'll just get you coming out the door and walking away and like so i'm like fine it's whatever we'll do it so we, we do it once I'm like, okay, that was great. Let's try it one more time. So I'm like at the door, about to come out, and the owner of the property, <laughs> this, this old guy, comes running out, screaming at me in the middle of Hollywood, chasing me down the block oh, shit. Up <laughs> with a newspaper, with a wrapped-up newspaper, chasing me down the block.
0: <laughs> yeah, and in Hollywood, man, we all know you don't have a permit. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, coming, that, that's some dangerous stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you got no answer in the small. It said we could come back at least once. It's fine. It's uh, read the print. Uh, and thank you for prefacing that it didn't involve any socks or anything like that. Because when you started it with no, you know, depending on the size, I'm like, oh, where's he going with this? Uh, hold on, hold on. Like, so we had to put that preface down. That's alright, It's okay. It's fine. I love it. Um, are fantastic man i bet you guys just like all kinds of fun on the set and it's no wonder people want to continue working with you and stuff guys um yeah, we but, like you, so. yeah man it's just <laughs> just an absolute blast to talk to you so far what, what have you guys been doing through the whole quarantine covid stuff man how you been handling it you binge watching any shows you wanted to catch up on or what are you guys doing
1: uh yeah i've been watched a few shows. Um, I mean, we binged kingdom, which is amazing. If you like, uh, UFC MMA fighting. Um, I binged, uh, umbrella Academy, of course, uh, the boys. Um, but yeah, as far as the pandemic goes, it's been a a long year. It has. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To to put it mildly. Yoga. (laughs) Been, uh, drinking way too much coffee. Uh, but no, I, I mean, but we've just, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because you want to stay focused. And I think like many people in the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was like, so on the train of like, okay, I'm going to be so productive. I'm going to do so much stuff to show how, you know, how productive I can be during a pandemic. And um, I feel like I was kind of on that train. I was like taking extra acting classes via zoom and I was watching master classes and all this stuff. And then, I got to the point where I was like, "Why am I stressing myself out? I should be enjoying this quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm creating so much stress for myself." So like, right, so like a few months in, I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna like take my like one acting class I do every week, and I'm just gonna chill, relax, watch some TV, and because yeah, like normally I don't ever, I don't really watch that much TV and film, so I'm like, you know what? Let's let's quit with all the busy work and let's just enjoy this." So.
0: Nice. Nice. And I think a lot of people got off that train too. Just like you. You're like, you know what? I was productive for a little bit. Now I'm just going to chill. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> and that's okay. That's all right to do, right? Like we all yeah, deserve right. a little break every now and then. That's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I have one question, though. I, I'm just real curious. Uh, any plans to maybe move behind the camera for either one of you guys? Is directing or producing or anything kind of like, you know, away from the acting on the radar at this point? Or are you guys strictly staying in front of the camera? Um,
2: mostly in front of, but this is Matt speaking. Um, but I do do some writing as well. Um, I started that a few years ago as a hobby, but I've really kind of, you know, taking a love for it. Um, and that kind of came out of a time just from when, you know, when there wasn't a lot of opportunity, the whole mindset was why not create your own. So, you know, I started writing. And we actually um, filmed a short film that I wrote and helped produce last year. And that's currently in festivals. And it's already won some awards. It's called Sims Unveiled. Um, so that's in the process right now. And then I'm also finishing up edits. And I spent a lot of my downtime during COVID you know, finishing up, you know, the details of a feature film that I've been working on. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Know, that, yeah, that follows along the same, kind of the same genre as the short film did, but, you know, expanded to a much bigger world. So, you know, I've been working on that. And so we're in the process of getting that into pre-production. But that's as, that's as far as, like, I go behind this, behind the camera. You know, maybe someday I wouldn't mind directing, but, you know, my my passion is to be in front of it. And then go. I just I enjoy writing as a hobby, so I'd like to I like messing
3: the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, I, by the way, because that's a huge accomplishment you. that not a lot of people can say they did. I mean, you know, people think, oh yeah, I got a whole screenplay screenplay in my head, but I'm I'm I haven't re- written it yet, and it's like, but you <laughs> actually have to sit down and write that bad boy so you can finally get it out and expose it to the world. So yeah, congratulations and kudos to you, yeah. man.
2: Thank you, I yeah. appreciate. It. Of course. Yeah,
3: I, I like how you guys just kind of, like, toss
0: each other, too. You're like, you know, so who has a plan on moving? It? Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, speak up, bro, or I'm telling him. Like, he's you like, know, nah. it's not, <laughs> he's been he's been kind
1: enough to write me in to play his brother. So that, uh, <laughs> there you go.
0: Really <laughs> <appreciated>. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's kind of handy, isn't it? You always got your lead guy right there, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you know. No, I
1: never get the lead.
0: <laughs> he's got to earn the a, lead, right?
3: Like, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah, I always joke I always just joke that I'm a built in butt double.
3: (laughs) There you go. If anything ever happens. That's right. So
0: (laughs) we're gonna I'm not gonna touch the sock. We're gonna leave that alone. It's gonna be fun. (laughs)
3: Let that lie. Let that lie. That's right. So good, man. So good. But listen, guys, thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us on Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Uh, what we like to do before we let you guys go, it, because like we said earlier before in the interview, we do have a lot of up-and-comers that listen to the show and who, who take a lot of advice for the actors from the actors that come on the show. So what piece of advice would you pass on to those up-and-comers and what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid?
1: Um, I would say to do... I mean, cause it's such a cutthroat and, you know, half time your friends aren't your friends. Make sure you f- like find a good circle of people or like a good yeah. acting class or something where you are surrounded by people who are supportive and uplifting and also actually working towards something. Don't there just be go. in like one of those, one of those social circles where it's all about talk, 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 and you spend your weekends getting wasted and you're not actually pursuing anything. Um, pitfall I would say is it can be so expensive to pursue this career websites and headshots and coachings and classes and this and that you know just just don't feel like you have to go broke to pursue your dreams I've seen I've seen too many people struggle too hard and then give up because they get themselves in a situation where they just can't afford to live in LA mm. because they've just blown so much money on everything they've been told they have to, they have to, they have to shoot with this photographer. They have to take this class. They have to take these workshops, you know? So just be mindful and selective of what, you know, what you do because putting yourself in financial burden is not going to help the dream.
3: That's it. <laughs> Love that. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would say, I would say my input would be also just to have a full understanding th- that that, you know, if you want to pursue acting, like really stand beside yourself and see if you want to do it for fun and like as a passion, or if you want to actually pursue it as a career, because there's a big difference. And, you know, I I believe wholeheartedly that's why they call it show business, because you actually have to treat yourself as your own business and you have to be willing to put in the time, you know, the work and dedication, you know, in those long nights and long hours so that you can get those small advances. Absolutely. Know? So, so it's really important to do that and to focus on yourself.
3: I love that. Cause you guys are literally your own brand. Exactly. Like you have yeah. to expose yourself. You have to, I, what do you guys think about social media, by the way? I mean, speaking of brands, I mean, what do you guys yeah. think about social media?
2: It, it's become a major part in self-promotion and you know, It's come to a point in Hollywood. Some people hate it. Some people love it. But, you know, sometimes it comes down to who has the most followers. And, you know, that may that may not always be fair, you know, because you pass up some amazing talent. But you have to be willing to be out there and do the branding for yourself and be willing to push yourself because it's a day and age where they expect you to do that. That's
1: absolutely
0: right.
2: Yeah.
1: And again, especially with like things like Netflix and stream media, like again, like they just have so much content, they're not always doing that much promotion on their end anyway, you know, for example, like Queens Gambit, like kind of dropped without, like I think we saw maybe two billboards in all of Hollywood, you know, and there wasn't anything online about that, you know, so, but again, they, they, they're, they're dropping five shows a week, you know, it's, so it's, you know you can't blame them so at the same time it's kind of up to you to have to take to your social media to be your own pr because you know even a a big you know a big you know like giant like netflix may may not be doing it for you so you kind of have to take it into your own hands
3: well said it's a great way to put it because i mean sometimes like yeah i mean i freaking just popped on there one friday and was like oh queen's gambit this looks pretty badass and like hadn't heard anything else about it before so yeah one and then it was kind of like the hidden gem of netflix like everybody's talking about it right now that's right so i mean it's
2: literally i like wildfire yeah it really
3: well now
0: we got so now that we've established all this we have to tell everybody where can they follow you on social media because we want them to follow you
2: yeah so this is Matthew. You can follow me on Instagram just as my full name at Matthew Dennis Lewis, and on Twitter at Matthew D underscore Lewis. Fantastic.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, same thing uh, at Russell Dennis Lewis, full name. Um, I don't really use Twitter. I have one, but I haven't like used it in forever. <laughs> There you um, go. Okay. I'm not, I'm I not, feel not, you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm
2: not witty enough for those one liners. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: No, no. yeah. I never <laughs> have enough Instagram. characters, man. It's like, a fucking
3: I, that, characters. That's right.
0: And when are they going to get a damn edit button? Like, how hard is it to edit? You know, it's yeah. not that
3: hard, man. Yeah, come they, on. They come put on. out right. this fucking fleet story shit, but exactly. they can't do an edit button. Like, <laughs> it's come <true>. on, <laughs> Oh,
0: man. Well, listen, guys, we're going to make sure everybody follows y'all for sure. Definitely. And to watch Thank Queen's you. Gambit and just continued success success guys I think you got you're smart you got your head on the shoulders right and 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 you're approaching all this right and I think that's why you've had such early success and um we we hope it continues for a long time to come in and um open invite anytime y'all want to come back on and just chill and hang out or if you got something to promote or whatever man anytime you're welcome
2: for sure thank you you very
0: much we appreciate it yep
3: appreciate you guys man that's it take
0: care now guys and we'll be in touch soon yeah you too all right
3: thank you have a good one thank you yep Bye bye so good man so good those guys like they're really humble and, ha- like you said, have a really good head on their shoulders. They're just overall good people. Exactly. And yeah, I love the personality. They have so much,
0: you know. I love that back and forth. Yeah. You know, kind of a just – you can see why Scott, Frank, and like so many of them want to continue working with exactly. these guys. So.
3: And I can only imagine. I feel like they put 100% of themselves into any projects they get signed <laughs> I on mean, to. When they
0: say we need to glue this to They're your like, face. They're like fucking all okay, right. Okay, let's do it. But yeah. where's the Elmer's? Like, you know.
3: So, yeah. Yeah, 100%, no doubt. So awesome. So good, so good. Thank you again, Lewis Brothers, for coming on the show.